Hey, I'm Dwayne. And I'm Jennifer. And together we're doing a podcast, Roots. The Unseen Life. Come on a journey with us. You'll produce a system of roots that will stabilize you and... Produce fruit. We're going somewhere. Come along with us. Hey, hey, guys. Want to welcome you to the podcast, Roots Changing Lives. (laughs) One country at a time. Not even a person. We're doing whole nations. Yes. And again, we want to thank you, those that are in Poland, that are um, where we're We're trending. trending. It's a big deal these days. No, guys, I, I say this almost every time, but we're just, Jennifer and I are having a blast. A blast. We're just, it's an outlet for us, and we're having fun. And uh, and so today, I'm super excited. We got a guest. We haven't had a guest for a while. And uh, so Naomi More has, than a guest, a friend. A friend who is a guest, um, or a guest who's a friend. But um, <laughs> Naomi, when did we meet? Like when, like I'm thinking 2001. You know what? You actually did my interview and you actually allowed me to become a staff member at the House of Prayer. You probably don't remember. What? But you did my, you did, dude, you totally did. You were so, so, even from the first day, you didn't know how crazy I'd be, but you let me, (laughs) you let me in. I love it. We love crazy. I love it though. And so. Uh, give us a little bit, just so, just give us a little bit of your testimony. I mean, you speak what, 19 languages or something. So just kind of. <laughs> not that much. See, the rest of the world is not impressed. Let's just clarify that really quick. I understand. I, agree. I mean, your daughter says, I'm going to go with your daughter probably speaks as many as I do at this point. Now she's going for Spanish. And not quite, but English, she's growing. So. Not quite, but she's she might got be you sure. as a goal. She's got that. So, um, so I was, I was born in the Netherlands, so I speak Dutch because of that. And then we moved to Suriname, which also speaks Dutch, but they have a, a dialect called Surinamese. And then at the age of seven or eight, we moved to Caracas, Venezuela. And there I learned English and Spanish. And then at the age of 11, we left and we moved to Curacao. And I picked up the local dialect there. And then I started with French because it was, although it was an American school, it, no, excuse me. It was an English-speaking school. But it was an American, so their focus wasn't Spanish; it was French. Yep. So I dabbled a little in French. My was not nearly as good as the others, and then I'm attempting to learn Portuguese, but I don't have enough practice. So, but I can understand it. Totally, I'm sure yeah. you can. No, because I mean, yeah, I'm positive so, you can. So, when you're in Suriname, you also picked up Surinamese, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Well, so, and we spoke it at home. And we still do some. Okay. Okay. My mom and dad live here, and Stuart, my older brother, lives here. So it almost is the language of all of our humor and our oh, okay. colloquial terms. And it just, it's one of those things that when you have something jabby or kind of funny to say, but you can't really say it in yes. English or in any yes. other language, it kind of inserts into the conversation, and the four of us will roar. You know, my sister-in-law starting to get little words here and there, and she kind of joins in. But it just is one of those, yeah, just one of those languages that's really good for, very literal and good for poking fun at, whether it's yourself or somebody. (laughs) I appreciate that. I should learn it. (laughs) So, So, um, strange question. Out of out of the motivations that drive you. What is your biggest motivation that drives you as a person? This is not even our topic we're going to talk about, but I, what would that be? Um, 
what gets me up honestly no no you know no pretense in the morning and what uh wakes me up in the middle of the night there i take two things one of them is my my kids of course um it's i've gotta i gotta get up and uh stand before them with the ounce of integrity that i can muster for the day by the grace of god you know i homeschool so that your God, yeah. <laughs> a daily prayer. Um, but honestly, 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 what wakes me up and what gives me the drive is I really do have Jesus on my mind. I am mm. uh, at just not not even, and this might sound contradictory. I don't always think in terms of Jesus, the deity. I know that He is God and He is the Son of God, but I just mean in like in day-to-day conversation, like, mm-hmm. yes, he is the son of God and he is God, but I mean, as a person, he's not, mm-hmm. not, um, some ethereal spirit to me. He really is right. a person. Yes. And, um, and so I, and it's honestly what has, has brought me to sanity is knowing mm-hmm. I can really with all honesty and sometimes and I, I don't know if this is apropos, but explicit and all just go to him where yeah. I'm at. And yeah. that means that I have a friend in him. Yeah. And so when I, when I remember that on the days I forget, everybody knows. <laughs> and then on the days I remember, everybody knows. Yeah. you have been yeah. with him today. <laughs> yeah. So That's that really awesome. is like, he, he makes me happy. He's, he, I think about him. I, I love talking about him. I think that's one of my favorite things to do. We just recently did a prison event in Oklahoma. And um, and I just, I realized I left and I, I loved just telling people that he is good. Amen. I know life is hard and it's, but he really is good. And if you fight for that connection and you, um, you stay in the game with him, that in the crazy, it all makes sense. And it's worth yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, and that wasn't Absolutely. always my story, but but yeah. And I, when yeah. I think of you, I mean, there's so many things about you that are amazing. You're a phenomenal communicator. You're passionate. You love well. But something that has always been part of who you are is you see other people, and they're on your mind. And I think it's because Jesus is on your mind. Like even in in your craziest days, you always found someone who was in a worse off place than you. And it was your heart's desire to help be a deliverer. You know what I mean? And so, I mean, here we have known you all these years and that hasn't changed about you. That's still who you are. And it's beautiful, Naomi. Who you are is beautiful. And it's, it's truly been an honor to know you through the years and to see you just shining in the strength of who God has made you to be, it's impressive. You're a woman that I want people to look at and see a trophy of grace and as a reference point of who they can be. Yes. We love you. I'm so glad you're on our show. I'm not gonna cry. No, I have makeup on. I should have put the spray. No, but but I I want to the re you know uh, Jennifer and I were just thinking, hey man, who should we interview? And and so um, when you came up, both of us were like, absolutely. And 
And so because you've had a you've had significant challenges in your life and and you know your journey has been not easy. And so when I I saw you last speak um I believe you were on the IHOP platform and I was in awe of what God had done in your life. And then it was so clear to me that your level of authority had significantly increased. I yeah. was I was just like Oh my gosh, what have you done in her life, Lord? It was beautiful. And not only that, you had that, you had a, not only that, but adding to that, you had like a white um, kind of turban thing. Turban <laughs> thing. Yeah, and headrest. You were stunningly beautiful. Yes. I was like, oh my gosh. Kind of like her wedding. I mean, it was like, oh yeah. When you she came, guys, I'm telling. I'm telling you, when she walked in to, in to get married, the room erupted. And I've never been at a wedding like this. It was like, oh, she was so beautiful. Um, it took me, I thought they were going, oh, God, we thought this day would never come. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just like, I was so, oh, my gosh, yeah. It's to me, it's beautiful, and and I agree with Jennifer because you know God's given you an unbelievable justice chip. Yeah. Like you care, yeah, you care, and and so I think that's a, a redemptive part of what the Lord's massively put in you. But I want to ask you, like, what struck me when you were speaking, um, even in that time, but I know from other situations as well, is your your quoting of the scripture. So obviously to me, you've got the word you've, you've memorized or meditated, but then also your ability to open it with revelation, yeah. living, understanding. living, understanding. So I want, that's kind of where I want us to really hone in today because you've, you, this is an area to me that you've done well. And so just let's talk around that a little bit. Cause that's to me is, is almost one of our secrets that the body of Christ has not tapped into. Really? Honestly, I think, um, I'm thinking of <clears throat> the transitional period for me. It was um, about two years into our marriage. And before then, I, I think I tried and it, it just something didn't seem to stick. And I, I understood bits and pieces. And I think I've just come to realize recently that I thought for years I was asking the Lord a question, but it just dawned on me recently that he was the one that was asking me a question. And what I mean by that is I would sit in teachings. It didn't matter where I was or who was speaking, but I always had the same question. Naomi, where did it begin? Where did this begin? And I, I have this need for understanding the who, the what, the when, the where, the why, and the how. And it's not out of difficulty. It just happens to be the way that I understand things. So, mm -hmm. <clears throat> I, uh, and it's not with everything, but most things that I am involved in, I want to understand, okay, so wh why are we doing this? And who said that it was okay? And where did you get your information from? And just because I'm trying to synthesize how this applies to my life. And then if it applies to my life, it has to work with my family and my children. Right. And I think most things in life should be, and, and this was partly something that my brother ingrained in me years ago, he said, do not preach the gospel unless you can share it with a third grader. Right. You know? It has to be deep and complicated. Just, just sit down. And so for years, I felt I wasn't qualified because I had all these terms in my head 
but I couldn't synthesize them in a way that was appropriate to communicate it with my children. So <clears throat> about two years into marriage, life was really hard. Marriage was tough. Um, you know, I have an older daughter. Life was, life was just hard, pressed on every side. Relationships were tough. And I remember standing in the kitchen and I said to the Lord, I said, what I know about you to this point is not going to help me stay in this relationship. Mm. I said, I'm committing to not go back to the way that I used to be, but I just need you to know where you and I are not going to move forward. And this is me just talking to Jesus. I, I don't have whatever it takes to make it. I know I don't have it. Mm. And if you don't give it to me, I, I'm not going to make it. And so, um, and I remember a friend of mine asking me distinctly, Naomi, what promises does the Lord have for your daughter? And I honestly didn't have any, you know, prophetic words, as people would say. And at that time, I, was, I probably wouldn't have cared if I had any. But I needed something that wasn't situational. I needed something uh -huh. that once I had it, it stuck through hell and high water, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So if, you know, the Lord might promise you, the Lord's going to make your children into this. And I go, okay, that's great. But then there's going to be more situations. So what then? Right. And then there'll be more situations. So what then? So I needed not a word of knowledge. I needed something that was substantial and that would sustain. And I drove to the prayer room in Kansas City. And I don't know why, but I opened up to First Peter. And um, I'll say I've probably been in First Peter on and off for the past eight or nine years. Um, wow. On and off. And so I opened up the I'm sitting in the prayer room. And I said, okay. So this is what I'm going to do, Lord. I'm going to ask you a question about every single word uh, in, this, in this book, in this letter. And so I started with Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. And I said, who's Peter? And so I started looking and I went, oh my gosh, yeah. This is the guy who denied Christ. Uh, the Lord warned him, Satan is wanting to sift you out, but I have prayed for you. And then what struck to me and honestly still gets me is that he, on that day, he looks at him on the beach and he says, Peter, do you love me? And he says to him three times, Lord, you know that I do. You know all things. And then all three times the Lord says to him, feed my sheep. And then it dawned on me that I was looking at a book that was meant to be food for the sheep. Come on. And so just alone, I said, I need to pay attention because yeah. this is a man who understands what it's like to betray the Lord. Yeah. This mm. is a man who I mean, it just, just asking a question about that word. And so then I moved on and it said an apostle. I said, okay, what is an apostle? And I'm thinking about, you know, my dad worked as an, <clears throat> as an, for, for an embassy, as a, as a um, first secretary being sent out to being an emissary. This is Peter, this broken man who understood what it meant to be, to betray, who understood the shame of betrayal, who understand, who understood the, you know, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life. He just continued. And then he, he, um, but he comes and he weeps on that beach and he goes, Lord, I love you. You know that I love mm -hmm. you. And so all of a sudden my own broken, immature, fractured love for the Lord was valid. I, I do love you, but I keep doing these things. I do want you, but I keep doing these things. And, yeah. and then just holding my hands up and saying, but Lord, you know, all things. And then I realized, and I said, of Jesus Christ. And, and, and I said, well, and who are you? Who is Jesus? And honestly, those three, four words just kept me searching through the scriptures. And then by the time I honestly got to verse three, I remember sitting in the prayer room. Actually, it was verse four. And it says uh, to, he, that we had been, um, 
born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, unfading and undefiled. And I recognize those three adjectives, if you were, pertaining only to the person of Jesus Christ. And then suddenly it came into view that he was guarded for me. He was waiting for me. There was an, this person that I've talked to on and off throughout the years was, was being held for me, re- seated at the right hand of the Father, and he was my reward. And I just remember raising my hands in the prayer room and just going, I believe, I believe. Yeah. And so, Come on. The, and so I just kept going through it and asking who, what, when, where, why, and how. And I'd heard of inductive studies before, but they just seemed so complicated and the lines yeah. and drawn. And I, I, not that they, for some people they're fabulous and I think they're awesome. I just couldn't wrap around it. And so I finished First Peter and then I went to Hebrews and I wrote this little post and I said, hey, who wants to join me in studying the word? And so I ended up calling it the 1039 coalition because it was a Hebrews 1039 where it says, we are not of those who shrink back, but we have faith. But through faith, we persevere and we save our souls. We Some verses say we preserve our souls. And that this faith that only comes to us by hearing the Bible, the word of God, the revelation that comes on these words, right? Because you can just quote the words, but not have the the light of the yeah. son of God, the words that he breathes in your heart, then it's just words on a page. Right. When he breathes on it and all of a sudden you go, this stuff is real substance, then you can dive into it. And um, it just, it's stuck. And then I realized verse, you know, the quote, the quoted verse of Hebrews 11, of faith is a substance of things hoped for, but mm-hmm. this substance, the very essence by which we preserve our souls. And there was a need to increase in the knowledge of the word of God. And um, and I think, I mean, to say it, but the rest is history. It just was digging through tears and through experiences and applying it to my life with my children and my oldest and my husband and forgiveness and my own, my own sexual immorality for years, my own drunkenness for years is how do you apply these truths to a to a sinful human being and acknowledge my guilt, right? So there's there's abuse and there's rape and there's wrongdoing and there's all those things that are true. But when Jesus walks in Matthew 3 into this village and he looks at the people who are under the oppression of the Roman government, he doesn't first say, come to me and be healed. He says, repent. Mm. And I needed to turn and oh, repent. Wow. And worthy of receiving forgiveness and so when i received that forgiveness then he was able to draw near and then since then he still continues to heal the wounds he still bandages up the regret not knowing and i actually woke up this morning going had i known you were this wonderful Hmm. um and yet he binds it up and he is able to redeem time and so and i think that's part of the motivator is i and i'm 45 and i'm going lord i have 40 years at best give me you know give wind behind my sail and yeah. allow me to run with these little ones in tow which jen you know all about that you know that feeling <laughs> come on kids let's go you know <laughs> absolutely those beautiful little agents of sanctification right yeah 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 a little fire yeah 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 well it's 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 like um because 
you've got the you've got the individual that loves the word of God, but they're really called to teach, and there's an open door for them to teach or to preach. You know, you ha- so we have those individuals, but just something that. I'm just doing a lot of personal meditation in Ephesians 4 and about the body and about the church and just the call to mature. And then um, your brother's conversation, he always brings this up to me whenever I mention it. It's, you know, in Revelation 2 and 3, um, the goal is really to overcome in this life. And it's the many challenges. And that's that's really... And so this issue of maturity. So, you know, and and so I'm I'm wanting in my own life, but also those that are are in my in my relationships to have a vision for maturity, and then to go from not listening to the pastor or the teacher, but to go and dig on it on my own. And so you're telling us today it was sheer crisis that was the motivator that threw you into this journey. Absolutely. And so. How, like, what are those motivators and how can I go from listening to become my own ability to feed myself? Can you give us some practicals in that? Because, you know, I, I think so many in the body of Christ are wanting this, but they're stuck and they don't know how to move forward. Right. Let me just interject something before you get to the practicals, because I think Duane hit a key. It was your desperation that cause you to find him. And I think what I want people to hear in this is the desperation because of our brokenness, because of our mess actually is the very thing that the Lord will will use to get us to that place to find him. Where often we face that and we're so overwhelmed with our mess and our weakness and our wrong choices and the regret and da, 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 that we run away from him. And you got to the place where I'm like, okay here i am and so the very thing that people would use to disqualify themselves is the thing that the lord used but it's it's also the only economy of heaven right it's like you're naked you're poor you're wretched you're blind come and buy but you just i don't have anything that's exactly what i need is yes yes and if you think about it you know it's he made all things out of nothing that's actually his specialty out of your uh, in the hill, like out of nothing that you have, I will create something. And he yeah. takes pleasure in that. And then it also avoids, it, it creates that space where you can't then boast about it because you know you have nothing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like you was too uh, jacked to be a part of it. I'm, right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I could go off on that for a long time because I think it's so powerful. Yeah. You know. Um, I mean, if you think about Galatians, he talks about that like, it's, at the end of the day, the need to apport to the effort is, at the end of the day, the worst of all sins of which Paul was guilty, which is self-righteousness. So yeah. when Paul talks about, you know, when we look at people like, wow, you got delivered from drug addiction, and Jesus is like, no, that's the easy one. <laughs> it's your foul, nasty heart that I'm having a hard time getting through. Yeah. You were not worth I have now qualified. Yes. And so I, I was worth nothing. I was... You know, I wrote a post the other day, just this heart-wrenching post thinking of Israel and going, I mean, excuse my language, but it was like from one whore to another, you have yeah. got to turn back. Yeah. You yeah. have nothing. There's nothing yeah. you can do apart from laying bare in your barrenness and in your blood and letting him rescue you, letting yeah. him yeah. wash you. 
letting yes. him put the ring in your nose, letting him yeah. write his name. And then when you become convinced, then just like the woman at the well, you will run and it won't be an instruction. You just can't help. Just like that pair of right. jeans that you now fit and you're like, I thought I never should. Oh my gosh, they take, they are so phenomenal. Girl, <laughs> let me tell you, it's the same thing because you, you are now a walking billboard. You can't help but tell yeah. folks, right? Oh, so true, so true. So, but but I want to give you the practicals because that to me is is what I love to do. That's one of the things I love mm. to do. I I hate um, nothing more than to keep it a secret, right? To yeah. um, I'm going to teach you, but not tell you how I came to the conclusion. It's teach me to bake the cake. Don't just give it to me so I can eat it. I want to go home and give me the instructions. And so what I ended up doing was I actually made my way of studying the word into this little format. And I would read a verse, <clears throat> and I'll, I'll take a second and do it. Just what I did, I look at the verse, and it says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. And I'd say, okay, what's being said? Well, there's a guy who's introducing himself as an apostle. So what's an apostle? Mm -hmm. Okay, and who is Peter? Mm -hmm. And who is Jesus? And why does it matter that Peter is an apostle? that belongs to Jesus. Oh, it means that he is an apostle that is strictly sent by Christ. No other person has the authority and no other gospel can be preached, which means his words should be trusted. So just thinking yeah. through and asking the questions. And then I take that information with me from that first verse and I bring it down to verse two. And it says, to those who were elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. So he, this man sent by Jesus, as appointed by Christ as an apostle, an emissary who carries the word is now being sent to this group of people. And you just continue that. And um, one of my favorite sites that I like to use is Bible Hub because it gives me all these different translations in a mm -hmm. corner. So I look at different translations. Sometimes my English gets in the way. So I look for like the international children's Bible version because I can, I'm guaranteed to get that. It's third grade. So that's solid. <laughs> and then from there, I kind of go. <laughs> I find the other words and in one section you can hover over some of the blue light words and it gives you the Greek meaning or the Hebrew meaning and you read a little bit into that. So it doesn't have to be this, you know, line drawings. So I do that portion and then this is where my prayer life just shot through the roof because um, I would take those verses and then I would think about them and I'd meditate on them. So I go, what does yeah. this mean? And how do I turn what it means into a conversation? And so I'd say, Lord, you sent Peter. Lord, you made him an apostle. And Peter was a man who understood what it was like to be a sinner and wretched and to deceive you. And I know what it's like, but still yeah. you qualified him. Lord, so you qualify me. I mean, just that yeah. simple. Yeah. And then for what I did with the groups, the third step would be um, wherever we stop, we'd go back and we'd look at a couple of verses and we'd say, okay, so I'll use verse three as an example. Verse two, rather, it says, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ. And then I realized, okay, this can't just be word and meditation and prayer. There has to be a conduct. Yeah. And so the little trilogy that we use, and I have an outline um, of it, but it's word, prayer, and conduct. And then conduct for that week is, Naomi, you have to obey Christ. Yeah. You have to be obedient to him. What does that mean? Well, it means you um, you honor your husband. 
you submit to your husband. What does that mean? Well, as Christ submit to the Father. Okay, what does that mean? Because I'm trying to be clear on this because I'm not trying to go overboard, you know? And the Lord's like, with your qualifiers, you're bound to sin. Be humble and submit. Um, And then it was in the way that you... If you're going to be if you're going to be obedient, it means you need to be able to hear to hear instruction. So it was just asking questions. What does yeah. that mean? What does it look like? What does it look like in your son? And then over time, I covered one book and I moved on to another book and I moved on to another book and oh, another one was cross references. Was using Bible Hub for cross references and going, yeah. oh my gosh, I can see the connection in Galatians and in Hebrews and in Revelation right. and in Genesis and in Leviticus and then the word started opening. Um, and then there were a couple of specific subjects that I have started studying. And one of them is, you know, the promise to Abraham, getting the biblical theology. Um, and especially given this time, there's an importance of understanding the Lord's love for Israel, but also his love for Ishmael. And yep. um, so there were some, you know, some end time subjects, but even the end times, the way I had studied it before, my understanding began to change that it wasn't about so much the value or the pressures weren't the key motivator. It was the inheritance that awaited me because yes. that was the hope of the disciples. And yes. that's so that became a different outlook. And it wasn't situational or circumstantial. It was the assurance of Christ. And yes. I'd say seven, eight years of just asking questions, asking questions. And the beautiful part for me is he actually has renewed the way that I think. Yeah. And I feel the Holy Spirit when I am not thinking right. And yeah. if I go longer than a couple of days, I am miserable and I mean, I'm unkind, I'm impatient. And when I pause- You just described my wife when she doesn't go to the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> He's just washing me with the word right now. Thanks, sweetie. <laughs> So now you're, there you go. Amen. So anyway, it, yeah, that's kind of what, that's been the transition, well, but it wasn't overnight. It wasn't overnight. Yeah. That's right. And right. so I'm, I'm, you know, uh, 2020 for me has caused me just to pause and to almost look at everything that I'm a part of, that I've built. Um, and so I've been doing a lot of reflection on the charismatic stream that, you know, we're in. And so I love the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. He lives in me. It is God living in me. Um, And then the gifts are powerful. They're transformative. It's God's, you know, in-breaking power today. And so, but what it's produced, I think, so much within the charismatic world, the charismatic streams, is this from from encounter to counter encounter to counter and so my emotions really and my life really are so dependent on an encounter a word of encouragement from the prophetic from the spirit and so you know i'm just that that phrase of just you know seek me and you will find me mm-hmm. and i feel like the the charismatic is, is sometimes perhaps intellectually lazy in diving into and get and building a solid foundation in the word and Absolutely. and so that's where i i'm i'm a little nervous about just this generation's interaction with with truth and and so you know you know if you guys have been listening you guys know some of you know Jennifer and I are in a little bit of a pre- precarious situation right now 
and I was semi-joking, um, we need to be in the Word every day right now. Otherwise, our, our emotions are everywhere. Because God's, the, the Holy Spirit's not really talking to the Roberts. And I'm finding sustenance, stability in actually me interacting with the Bible. Yeah. And so this idea of laziness, um, this idea of seeking, like, how do I get vision? Like, and I know this is kind of a, in a you know, a lame question, but I'm wanting to awaken this generation to the power of the word. And if I have lethargy to the word, how does it, how do I fall in love with my Bible? How do I, does that make sense, that question? Absolutely. And I, I think you have two ways. You have the way where you decide it's urgent and I need to discipline myself. Yeah. Um, and the other way is he can press, he can pressure you into it by creating the circumstances of this season. And I, um, but I, I think, I think uh, the third one is, is there has to be a re, uh, maybe not re, but there has to be a clear emphasis on what, what our sin nature is and what our sin nature is like. That's and good. I think because we're not clear on what our sin nature is like, we tend to not approach the word of life for life. We tend yeah. to approach it for information and yeah. for uh -huh. what's next and for, um, for a blueprint. And he's not going to provide that for us. So I think 2020 was that year. I know at the end of 2019, I jokingly asked the Lord. I really did. I was like, so what's 2020 going to be like? And honestly, it was more of a jab because I was tired of, you know, the weird words like it's going to be 2020 vision and whatever, whatever all else was communicated. And, and he responded and he said, Psalm 27. And I, I said, that's the prayer room Psalm. I'd like something else. And he said, <laughs> check again. Yeah. And so I did, I went through and I got to verse five and I thought, oh my gosh, this is not good. Mm -hmm. For some reason I had stopped at verse four for years. Right. Yep. And I right. forgot yep. that it was in the day of trouble. So this yes. is 2019, December 31st, I write a post and I said, hey, I'm going to take six months off because I'm pretty certain Psalm 8 is in play right now. The Lord is telling me to seek his face and I'm, mm -hmm. I'm going to listen. But I just felt sober. Not It wasn't even the fear of the Lord. It was, oh, I had overlooked this. So I took six months off. And as the six months progressed, I thought, dear God, were you right? Mm. Like, that's a surprise. But dear God, were you right? It was more just for me, you know, acknowledging mm -hmm. like, oops. Mm -hmm. I was wrong or I was less right or whatever you want to call it. And so I think um, that for me was realizing that he was inviting us to get to know him. And I think situationally he can provide those situations or we just look around us and go, nobody knows. I don't know. Everybody has an opinion right. and opinions aren't making the planet spin. So at some point we need to humble ourselves Yes. And be willing to search the word for for truth and for grace yeah. yes. and for understanding and for revelation and for life and for, you know, the lamp to our feet and the light unto our path for just daily living. The generation that's always wondering, like, what's the will of God for my life? Well, I can give you one for sure, that you be thankful for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Yeah. I don't know yeah. what kind of job he wants you to have, but he wants you to be a thankful yeah. person, yes. you know? Um so little things like that. And, but I, I am also convinced because of the word that 
he is faithful who began it and that mm-hmm. the, the gates of hell will not prevail and that he is the one who is going to build the church and that he has in mind all of this chaos. Yes. And, um, and then I think as believers, as mature believers, as older believers, we participate and we partner with and we run with the grace of God to do our part um, which is which is this? It's saying, "Hey guys, get in the word. I'd love to share my testimony. Trust me, it doesn't work any other way. And even if it right. does work, um, your eternal soul is in the balance, yes. right? Hell is real, and yes. you want to get to know this man because for what's coming. If if 2020 was hard and 2021 looks crazy, you are not ready for the next couple of decades. Yeah. Um, but it, but I think, and then ultimately, I think as again as a mature believers, I think we pray. And we ask the Holy Spirit to do that job in people to say, hey, I'm knocking at your heart, that Revelation 3. I'm knocking. Will you open? I'm knocking. Will you open? I want to come in and I want to dine. I want to come in and I want to dine. And I know that there are many. I get tons of emails. How do I do this? Where do I go? How do I, you know, what's the approach, et cetera, et cetera. And I know the Lord is waking people's hearts up. And and by that, I am encouraged. And I'm also encouraged by there's tons of different materials available for kids even my son we read this thing called the power bible i think the kind knows more about the old testament than i do you know he he asked those questions the other day he says mom he goes so why didn't the why weren't the israelites uh, taken captive as slaves or rather why weren't the philistines captured by the israelites into slavery after david defeated goliath and i was like let me text your uncle Stuart real quick you know that question. <laughs> Was, um, so what exactly did he do with the foreskins? And I was like, I'll be right back. So I've got to look that up. So he's asking yes, questions about, about the kingdom and and understanding the promise that God made to yeah. Abraham and realizing how we tie into that promise and how yeah. Jesus himself is that very promise and yes. how yeah. we are now grafted into the promise that God made to Abraham through Jesus. So he's getting that. And so I think that, I think that the, the wheat and the tear are going to grow up together. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just need to make sure that the ones that we have access to and that the Lord gives us the steward are, yeah. um, are hearing from us what yes. the Holy Spirit is saying through the Lord. Right. And that never changes. Yeah. And, it's, and you know, it's so we can so depend on that. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I don't and, know. you know, for Duane and I, I feel like I have been being convicted of how sophisticated I've made seeking the Lord as opposed to how simple it is. And it, it, and the, what you just described, anyone can do that. And I'm trying and, to, and I do. Yeah. I do it with my kids. That's how we right. study the word. So what's he saying? Why did he say it? It's, it's reading comprehension. That's the terrifying thing. Right. right. It's it's how you should be reading anything. It's how you read yes. the manual to put the table together. It's the way you should be listening to. And it also and I think that's part of the renewing. It's just the way in which I think and process has yeah. become not more elaborate. It's just become more like a child. And part yeah. of the reason I started asking those questions is because I was in the car with my son one day and he and he just asks and asks, and I'm like, son, for the love of all things holy, I need a minute. But I changed it. And I said, I sure do love when you ask questions. And he says, Mom, no, you don't. You get irritated. And I thought, oh, dear God, he knows. And then the (laughs) Lord says, I need you to be more like that. Yeah. 
And now I, I listen to a politician the same way. I talk to a friend the same way. I'm, yeah. So what do you mean when you say that? Is that really what you're saying? So we're finding a deeper understanding of other people, of how we listen, of how we relate mm-hmm. to the world around us. And when you walk through nature, you just begin to think, not critical, but you think whole. You think Curiosity. in terms of- yeah. Yeah, exactly, of wanting to discover. And I think that the loss of the love of discovery, the love of unearthing the mystery of just, I want to know, I want to learn. And that's honestly why I'm in school. I'm nosy and I want to know and I want to learn. And also because I need to learn third grade grammar, but that's neither here nor there. That's, (laughs) you know what I mean? But it's that, it's that, it's that the nurturing of, why do you do that? I want to know, I'd like to learn. I want to discover your mind stays in tune. You stay young and you learn and you've got something to apport to a conversation. You change the way that you understand and perceive other people. And I think that is so crucial in the hour of injustice, the social injustice piece. Yeah. Right. We've heard it from either a left or the right. When you're looking at Israel, people are either I'm pro Israel, peace for Israel. And then no other words about Gaza and the Palestinians and, and I'm going, can, can you just not put a sound bite up? Can you mm-hmm. actually take time to decipher what it is you're trying to say amidst the sound bites so that you're actually valuably contributing to a conversation that is causing so much pain on all yeah. sides of the conversation? Yes. And we've yes. got to get off the Twitter, the one-line tweet, the quick, clever, the lazy post and say, hey, I want to qualify my thought this way. And then we hone in our thoughts through the word that is razor sharp, that has the ability to divide between bone and marrow. So too, our lives need to become that message that can cut through the nuances as best as we can with the grace of God in the season that we're in, stewarding the audience that we have, whether it's one child, 10 children, or thousands of followers, to bring them into understanding that, wait, just like it was in the day of Joshua, are you on our side? Or are you on their side? And he's like, Nanya, I'm on his side, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's and as followers of Christ, as followers of Christ, we are meant to be on Christ's side, and yeah. He is for people. Yes. And we're not doing a good job. And I think we're not doing a good job because we haven't stewarded His heart through the Word yeah. to say, but what is it you say, even to your enemies? How is it that we respond even to those who we don't agree with? How is it that we relate to those we do agree with, but we know that they're in the wrong? What do you say to Israel when we, you know, I mean, just all those questions and examining the word instead of just the lazy post or, or just the ignorant post, because that's what the one verse says. And uh, we have different people follow us that listen, that want to know, that ask questions. And then there are some truths that are hard, that are painful to swallow, Right. Um, and Jesus didn't always say things nicely, like, you know what, let the dead bury their own dead. That's right. not a very nice statement to say, but it came from Jesus with a very pertinent lesson that needed to be brought across for the eternal cost that was in the balance. Yeah. And so um, we need to be those who steward that word. And then we have to sit and seek his face just as he did so that that John 5 might be true, that I would only speak what I am hearing the Father say, that I would only yeah. do what I am seeing the Father do and contribute in that way so that it becomes a living word. 
So, so good. Yeah, I think so. How how do people connect with Coalition 1039? Um, so the easiest way would be um, probably emailing me, Naomi, N-A-Y-O-M-I, at songofhopeministries.org. Okay. And so, so give the but but it's an online Bible study tool, right? And you have chapters yeah. of people in different sure. nations. So give yeah. a minute so on that. For long, so for a long time, what I was doing was we had different languages going and we had different nations. And then uh, for whatever reason, it just kind of, I kind of shut it down. I felt like it needed to kind of become more small. So we, right now I've moved it to Monday nights. We're finishing up a study on first Samuel and then okay. we'll work on, on picking up pace again. And I think when I find it really has to be those committed to the word and not to a name, not to an identity, not to a title, not to your own plan. It has to be your commitment is to facilitate a group where together you go deep in the and so That's for awesome. right now, I'm only doing one English and I'll be picking one up in Spanish again pretty soon. So awesome. Yeah. Good. Well, thank go you. on, Dwayne. Well, no, just thank you, Naomi. I, uh, I'm just, I'm just, I love your journey. Yeah. And that's, you know, I want to, because, and those of you guys been listening, just, she's, she, she's had some massive obstacles just to walk out of. And so I think, you know, her, her, crisis has thrust her into something where she's I think now has some gold and I just wanted her to be an example that and I don't want you to look at her because often you look at the person talking you go I'll never get there and I'm saying yeah, you know, no, no, listen I used to get high and go to the prayer room I used to sleep with dudes and go to the prayer room I was yeah. drunk after the set and then went to the prayer room I don't even know I was a single mom. I mean just all the drama that you can if you need a soap opera ask me about my life <laughs> I think I think the emphasis is the only thing that I can say as a word of comfort to anybody who's listening. He goes, no, but she doesn't understand. I might not understand, but Jesus understands. Absolutely. Christ understands. And it's not about my story. It's about the power of God that is willing to and able to work yeah. in any heart, no matter what the story, so long as the heart has the faintest of yes. And I think the faintest of yes looks like this. I really screwed up yesterday, but I got up five seconds later. I Amen. screwed up this morning, but I got up again. And to fight through the emotion that, because when you're in that space, right, the enemy is speaking. Some people know and their looks, because they're looking at you as like, you're the second tier Christian. And I'm going, you, you're, you're not even nice to me while I'm a mess. Like, no wonder nobody wants to join the church because you're evaluating me based on my sin. And I know I've done wrong, but I'm really trying to come from death to life. And yeah. in the meantime, Jesus is telling me, you're trying too hard. Let me bring you. You're not supposed to do it. Right. But those around you are telling you, you need to do better. And he's not saying you need to do better. He's just saying, go to your room shut the door and yell as loud as you can. And I remember, Jen, I remember doing, I remember sitting in my bathroom as a single mom and just weeping and saying, friends, trust each other. And I want to trust you. Hmm. And I need you to show me who you are. Yeah. I just, I remember that. I remember wanting to take my own life. I remember sitting on the floor and talking to him and fixing my eyes on an object. And whether it was pretense or not, Whatever it was in that minute, it was, I have heard that you are good, but now I want to taste that you are good. 
Amen. And Amen. somewhere I heard it. And I'd seen enough and read enough documentaries of the crazy people who became sane and the dead who were brought to life. And so I knew that it was possible for them. I couldn't possibly be worse than these people. And so it had to count. And even if I were, it still had to count because you, you were able to take a guy like Peter and make something out of him to the point where he brought me into the knowledge of Christ. And yeah. so it was getting mad at the lie, get yeah. mad at the lie, not just at your story, but get mad that you've believed the lie and now fight with that same rage to chase after the high that you get from being with Jesus, the drunkenness in the spirit that you get from being with Jesus, the clear mindedness, the guiltless, the clean feeling, yeah. the clean conscience that you get just from being with Jesus and having weapons of warfare that are good for fighting wars that surround us every day. And then the Lord will use you to set others others free. You know, yeah, the number right. isn't amen. the number isn't the point is he longs to be friends with us to together go and tell others about about the beauty of his kingdom. So Amen. Yeah. I love it. Hey, man. Thank you, buddy. Um, hey, guys, check out um, Naomi at what? Song of Hope? Yeah, you can do. Oh, yeah. Naomi at songofhopeministries.org or just the website NaomiThomas.com. Okay. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys, for listening. And uh, bless Apply you guys. Apply what she says and, because it's gold. Yeah. And uh, we'll be back soon. All right, guys. God bless. Ciao, ciao.